1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Every empire needs a leader.
0: To encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire. And this is the Eskimo's Coaches Show. With our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a new season of CFL football. Welcome to a new season of the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss here on 630 Ched. Uh, the Eskimos open up Thursday night in Winnipeg. We have it for you, of course, here on 630 Ched. Countdown to kickoff we will begin our coverage at 5 o'clock. Uh, we welcome in, as always, uh, and as we will do every Monday night, the rest of the regular season, uh, the head coach of the Eskimos, Jason Moss. How are you doing, Coach? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, great stuff. I should... Uh, Turn the right mic on. That's better. Uh, you'll be able to hear Jason now when he talks. Uh, how was training camp for
1: you? Uh, training camp went well. Um, you know, obviously it's a grind. You know, a couple weeks worth, um, a lot of long days, long nights. Um, but we were prepared well. I thought. I thought our players did a great job of um, giving us everything they had. Um, I thought we got in all, in all three phases. The things that we needed to get in. I think the two games early in, early in the preseason. Uh, was a little unique, a little different, um, but at the same time was good for us. We were able to evaluate early, and then kind of get to get a feel for what our team was going to be about, and then at the end got to uh, sharpen up and um, you know move on. And I think uh, it, it ended exactly how we all wanted it to, which was you know guys in the right spots, um, you know our our systems in, and our guys ready to go. Everyone talks and we see a lot of media stories every training camp about how
0: tough it is for the players and obviously the physical part of it is there as well but it's training camp's tough on the coaches too is it not you guys you guys burn the candle pretty deep don't you
1: Yeah I mean you're up early you're you're getting yourself prepared for the day I mean there's a lot of work that goes into training camp so you know you're not trying to do a ton during it um, our guys prepare you know, all their indie periods. They prepare our uh, installs real early in the off season, or early in the off season, I should say, and kind of uh, wrap them up toward before we get to training camp. It's just after that. I mean, once you're in training camp mode, you're there all day. Um, we've got a lot of corrections to make after practices. We got to watch all the film on our own quickly, then have the players watch it all over again. <laughs> then we have to install our, you know, um, we have eight days of installs generally. So you got your double practices. Um, there, it's a lot. It's a grind on on the players for sure. Um, but it's much like the season is for us. So yeah. it's it's something about getting used to. How many hours of sleep are you working on during training camp? I mean, it varied. Um, you know, you're usually in the building by six, and you're home by nine or ten. So, you know, you're you know, you're looking at you're trying to get eight hours. I mean at the end of the day it was seven and a half hours is good. So, um, you know, and we were you generally able to accomplish that. Um, season's a little different, a little bit different hours than that, but uh um, no question, it's a grind, and but it's something we love to do. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. you don't get to have our players all off season, so th- we look forward to training camp. We look forward to the mini camps. I know they're getting they're going to do away with those next year, but at the same time, right now, I mean, th- this is the time of year you live for as a coach. The the games, the the practices, the players being around, the teaching aspects of the game. You know, that's something we live for. So um, it's nice to see the guys, you know, early in May and then. You have to get to work them hard and and then go to battle with them.
0: How does it change for you now? Uh, I imagine it, it, it's kind of uh, a real challenge now. Everything changes because you go from evaluation and, and operating a training camp with so many players. Now you got your guys and you're, you're game prepping now. Now you're doing everything totally different. I was talking to some players this week and they all kind of said, yeah, the flip really switches for day one of the first week of the regular season. And everything's different because now everything is geared towards Winnipeg, running plays towards Winnipeg, and everyone's not getting equal reps anymore. The first the starters are getting the reps, and everyone else has to get reps where they can. It seems like it's a totally different scene
1: now at practice. Yeah, when you go from 75, 86 guys down to 46 guys that will be on your roster, uh, 10 practice roster players, and the brunt of the work is being done by the starters, and a, a backup may get some reps. Um, it is it is different. Um, we're still evaluating. I mean, you still evaluate as the week goes on, but the detail that goes into our game planning, um, you know, game planning for a specific opponent is different. During training camp you're trying to evaluate your system with the players that you have, see what best fits them after all the film work you've done in the offseason to see what concepts you like, uh, what schemes you're going to run on defense and special teams and offense. You know what you've done and analyzed to see if it actually comes to fruition on paper from paper to product. Um, that's what you're doing during training camp. And then now we we've watched all the film we can watch from the preseason to all the games from last year in Winnipeg. Yeah, we still don't know. Do they change? Do they not change? But we've put in things that we believe are going to work. We uh, we have obviously have practiced things that you know our guys are comfortable running that fit our style, fit our guys, and um, you know you go from there.
0: Uh, more on that game uh, coming up. Uh, we're with uh, Jason Moss on the Eskimos uh, coaches show. Uh, how was practice today? That's a tough day of practice. How many times did you lose your hat?
1: I didn't lose it once. I felt it go about two or three times, but each time it. F- I felt like it was going to go. I tightened it up another notch, so I was pretty tight by the end of the day. On <laughs> D- my head. That was a tough wind to work in. It was the worst. Uh, I will say this: I've lived in Edmonton for almost 18 years, and for practicing in Edmonton, that was probably the worst wind I've ever seen. Um, you know, you don't generally get that in Edmonton. We were happened to be in Clark as, on Clark as well, so it's more open. Yep. Um, but I'll tell you, I was extremely impressed by our team's mental makeup because it's not easy to go out there when that's all going around you and uh, the rain early before it kind of calmed down with the rain. But that win for our quarterbacks, for our receivers, for our specialists, I mean, to watch how well they practiced in it gives you a lot of hope for us playing in bad games. Um, You know, I I think the mental makeup of our team is something we talk about. Um, The guys know – that if it's a work day, we're working outside, and we're going to deal with the elements. And today it started off great. I hope that's a precursor to the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you uh, if you saw Cliff or not after. Cliff's the media relations guy, and he's got this big whiteboard that he writes all the requests on for the media. Uh, he looked like Mary Poppins at time out there because that, the wind was just picking up the board and picking him up and throwing him around. It was, it was an incredible wind, really. Uh, all right. Uh, you're getting set for the Blue Bombers. First off, tell me about your team. Now that you've chosen your team and the team you're going to start the season with, what kind of team is it? Uh, what kind of identity do you think your team's going to have? What kind of identity do you want your team to have? And talk to you a little bit about that growing process through the 18 games of the
1: regular season. I mean, I, I think as as you look at our teams and things that you always want, I mean, you want tough, fast, aggressive, disciplined teams. I mean, that's what our model is. That's what we we pride ourselves on being um, each year you're looking for that I want a smart team I mean we talk about a lot of little things as far as our culture is concerned but um, you know I feel like we've picked those kinds of guys team players you know that know their roles and play them extremely well are unselfish um, you know love each other um, play for one another um, you know I think our guys are comfortable with with each other with our team with our coaching staff you know playing off of one another Um, I think on the field you'll see that you'll see guys being able to fly around because they understand what we're doing understand how to play with one and play together Um, but fast aggressive and physical and tough are the the attributes I want them to be Um, I think our coaching staff would would tell you the same Um, you know I think our players want to play that way so um, you know we're looking for guys that love football that love to be in that locker room enjoy the process enjoy the grind of the season um can deal with adversity well uh so that mentally when i talk about being tough i'm talking about physically and mentally um you know those are the types of things we preach in our locker room and i think that's what you'll see i mean you know our schemes are schemes i think uh those won't change a whole lot you'll see guys uh execute those things but uh the type of players we want are kind of what I've I've just talked about.
0: Let's hope there's less adversity to deal with this year than last year, especially on the injury front. Uh, Everybody kind of got battle-tested last year, didn't they?
1: Absolutely, and I think, you know, you can be a little gun-shy, you know, from that, but I think our guys have just... You know, they've put a lot of work in, in the offseason to prepare themselves physically and mentally for this season. I think we did a great job going out and getting Kyle Thorne for our strength performance uh, part of our, our team to keep our guys healthier. Uh, I think our guys have um, been looking after themselves a whole lot better uh, as far as recovery is concerned after practice. Um, you know, so our club has is, is obviously done a lot for them, and I think they're doing their part as well. Um, I love our team. I love how they go to work every day. and, and it's not just the time they're spending in the building. It's a time after practice. After the four and a half hours, I can tell that they're they're doing their most with their time.
0: He's Jason Moss. I'm Morley Scott. You're listening to the Eskimo's Coaches Show for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We're back in three minutes on the Voice of One Empire, 630 Chad. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Uh, we are back on the Coaches Show with Eskimos head coach uh, Jason Moss in studio with us. Jason, uh, before we move on to talk a little bit about uh, Thursday's game and the season opener in Winnipeg against the Blue Bombers, you spent... Uh Probably Friday, I'm guessing Friday and Saturday, talking to players and, and crushing a lot of dreams. Uh, you had to send a lot of guys away at the end of training camp. Uh, I, I always feel bad for the guys because you know they work so hard and you know they come to training camps uh, with the big dreams to make the team. How tough a day is that for you? Because you got to look a lot of guys in the face and tell them the cold, yeah. hard truth that they don't want to hear.
1: For, for us, the way we do it in Edmonton, I don't have to do that generally. If it's a guy that's a veteran guy that's been here, I'll, I'll definitely do it. We'll sit down mm-hmm. together, Brock and I. But for the guys that just came here, the rookies and stuff, we're, we're already ga- into game planning, doing everything. Brock is the one with his scouts that end up doing it. Um, I always tell them if they need to speak to me, they want to come over and talk to me. I'm all with my yeah. phones on. They can come and see me at my office. Um, but I have done it, and it's not easy, and I've been cut. And um, the thing about it is it's sometimes it's it, generally it's short and sweet, unless a player wants to talk to you about something and wants to know the exact reasons why and you're always willing to give them the answers. A lot of times... When you're brutally honest with somebody, it's the best. It's the best thing to do. I mean, you, they flat out. You you made a decision. It's not always the right decision. That's what I think they need to understand. It, it's just the decision we decided to go. But uh, it's not easy, and uh, it's not easy for players. It's not easy for coaches. It's not easy for a GM to sit there and tell a guy, "We're not picking you. We're picking somebody else." Um, the hard part for us, and the hard part for from what we dealt with last year was, and this is what I've tried to tell all the players, and trust me, the players will know generally before they're know, before they're told. they told. They'll know that something's up, that they didn't play quite well enough if they're real with themselves. But what we've tried to tell them is, look, based on last year, just because we're saying no right now doesn't mean we're, we don't think you're good enough to come back and play for us at some point. And I think that's what players have to understand is they have to keep their confidence. They have to keep that going, that dream alive until someone absolutely doesn't give them another opportunity. So all the guys that we p- currently played with, I don't think there was one guy I would turn away if we needed them. Um, so it, wasn't, it was more numbers, not necessarily because they couldn't play. And I, whether that's easier or harder for them to, to digest... You know, some guys it's easy. Some guys it's hard.
0: Yeah, it's and every team in the CFL is littered with players who were cut by another CFL team too. It, like it happens, right? Yeah, it's and,
1: in professional sports. Very few times in your life have you not been cut. I mean, you've either been cut, traded, released what have you. I mean, very few guys get the storybook ending where they go to one team that wanted them and they stay there for their whole career and retire. I mean, it's generally at some point someone's looked to get move on from you for various reasons. And like I said, it's not always because you can't play. It's because they like someone maybe better and they need to make the tough decision to to go a different direction. Um, and, And that's what happens. So, you know, but again, the way you go about it and when you talk to people you know i know when i got cut i didn't want to hear a whole lot of things i was when they told me i wasn't good enough i said fine and i just moved on and took it to heart and worked a little harder and came back and got another opportunity and you know the rest is history so i think that's the better thing to do uh your
0: first start in the cfl how how many games had you played before or dressed for before you got a start
1: um, I'm not. I can't even recall. I played. I definitely was here for an entire year. I played in my very first game as a CFL. I started my first preseason game as mm-hmm. a, as a as a rookie. I mean, I was the first one. I was up here. I started. Played. Uh, I think a quarter or two quarters, um, and then the very first game of my rookie year, I got to go in the second half and play. Um, but then I didn't play for 17 straight games after that. <laughs> and then. Um, I was uh, in year two, and probably by the third game, I was playing. I don't third, fourth game, I got my first start. Mm-hmm. I don't really recall. I think it was against BC, but I'm not exactly. It was BC at home. But I don't recall what week it was in, but it yeah. was in my second year. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm getting to the Chris story, uh, story, who has uh, been announced today as a starter for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think he's 23 years of age. Uh, he didn't even have a contract during their mini camp. He signed afterwards. And because of the injury to Matt Nichols, they've chosen him to get the start. First guy since Anthony Calvillo 24 years ago to, to finish college in one year and start in the CFL in the next year of course injuries a big role in why he's starting but it's still it's a it's a something that doesn't happen very often like there's not many quarterbacks who don't have to be patient and wait their turn
1: in the Canadian Football League yeah i mean
0: and it's, even in like even in the NFL like guys come out they get drafted and they start week 1 you know guys like Andrew Luck and all those players yeah. but it doesn't happen in the CFL
1: yeah for whatever reason i mean uh, it's a tough it's a tough league it's different um, you know there's generally veterans around that most teams know that that's usually your recipe for success is to have a veteran play for you because of the nuances of the game, particularly early in the season, your first game of the year. but to go ahead and go with a rookie, I mean, you got to have confidence. There's obviously something Winnipeg has seen. We've seen it in the preseason. I mean, he's definitely got good command. Uh, you obviously can tell he can move around. He can throw the ball from the pocket. Uh, he's been successful in college, and obviously he hasn't made the moment too big in practice, and, and in the preseason games that he's gotten the shot, he's looked good. So I think uh, more than anything, they have confidence in their team. And the guys around him as well. So to put him in there, they know that not one person's going to win or lose a ball game for you. But if he gives them the best chance to win, they're going to go with them. And obviously, they've made that choice. And um, but again, until we see him play a regular season game and start one, you don't know what's going to happen. But um, it's difficult, I know that, to, to make that transition from college to pro ranks and CFL is different. So. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what what happens on uh, Thursday night.
0: Last Friday night, he went ten for ten against you guys, 140 yards and a touchdown. Not obviously not afraid to run the ball either. He was he took off a couple of times. Uh, I imagine, and I don't know how much stock you put into into preseason game film, but I imagine you put a little more stock into this one because now you get a chance to to look at him a little bit more
1: uh, and f- maybe find something out about him. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming our defensive backs and our linebackers and our D line and our defensive coordinator and coaches have all watched that film more intently than you would have if matt nichols was starting um so you got to see what it's about you got to see his bc film now and watch that to see how his looks are what his looks are what his first inclination is to do when he gets fit pressure in the pocket you know what isn't he seeing right now um what stresses him out you know all that that you try to figure out it's, it's a very small sample size so um but you know we will have watched that film over and over again, much more than you would if, like I said, Matt Nichols was starting for us. We probably would have already thrown those tapes away and not watched them again. But now they mean a little bit more. So um, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see him and we'll see him Thursday night starting. So it's not going to be too long before we know we all know.
0: Chris Trevler starts for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Imagine you're going with Riley. Ah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, safe good, bet. Good call, coach. Good call.
0: Uh, <laughs> defensively. Um, are, have you not, Did you notice anything different about the Bombers' defense? Richie Hall's been around this league for a long time, but I know that Mike O'Shea in the offseason talked a lot about how he's going to get more involved in the defense with the Bombers this year. Do you expect anything different from years past?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd, it wasn't very noticeable what they were doing differently uh, in our, the two games we watched in the preseason. Um, I think they're good at what they do, which is they give you a lot of looks up front. They twist a lot. They do. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback with five and six man rushes, four man rushes with their twists. Um, they do. They're creative in the secondary. Um, you know, they don't. They have. It seems like they have a ton of coverages, whether they're just disguising them and calling it the same thing or not. But uh, they definitely show you a, def- a lot of different looks. Um, so. I'm assuming they have something up their sleeve to show us. Um, but if they didn't, I'd understand why not. I mean, I feel like they're a very good defense, uh, very difficult to play against. Um, they've been very good at uh, being opportunistic in the secondary, uh, getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think they've just added very good pieces. So if they stayed status quo and didn't do anything differently, I think they're a better defense just with the guys they've added. Um but at the same time, you, I, I believe that most coaches uh, try to do things different in the offseason, try to figure out something that can, can hurt each other. Um, and the fact is, we, we played them the very last game of the year last year for them. Um, and it didn't always go their way. So I'm sure they looked at that and figured out what they could do better, and maybe they're going to try to change. We won't know that answer either until we start playing them. And our, our jobs as coaches and players is to adjust to what we see, um, give our quarterback opportunities to, to, with clear vision and a clean pocket to make good decisions, and run our offense the way we're meant to run it.
0: Do you like starting on the road or does it matter to you?
1: I don't think it matters. I mean, I love playing in Commonwealth. I love playing in front of our fans and love playing at home. So if you could play all 18, I'd prefer to play them here. But we play nine on the road, and I'm fine just starting it on the road and seeing what our team's made of. A lot of times you get you come together as a team on the road. We've been a good road team here the last couple of years, so I think we're all excited to, to kind of band together and um, get that brotherhood going and, and doing it on the road. So um, our guys enjoy playing um, football obviously they've had success in Winnipeg before so you know I think they're very much looking forward to this Thursday night.
0: Well last year you started on the road and won and went to the division finals the year before you started at home and lost and went to the division finals so right there tells you it really doesn't matter that much. Uh, Jason uh, thanks for tonight appreciate you coming in and uh, we'll speak in one week and good luck to you on Thursday night. Sounds good Morley. Thank you. Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, from Winnipeg on Thursday night. It's a 6.30 game time. 5 o'clock for the countdown to kick off with myself and Dave Campbell I'm in tomorrow morning on the 6 30 Chad morning news I will talk to you just a few hours from now at 5 30 a.m have a great night everybody
1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 6 30 Chad.